So now let's continue reading in chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 1. Aaron's sons Nadab and and Abihu took their censers, put fire in them and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will show myself holy. In the sight of all the people, I will be honoured. Aaron remained silent. These two men, Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, the high priest, start their duties. They take their pans, fill them with hot coals from the fire, place aromatic incense in the coals and offer this to God as an act of worship. The fire from the glory of the majestic Lord comes out and engulfs them and they die. What happened? They hadn't followed the strict guidelines as given by the Lord and had therefore violated all the instructions given to them. Strict regulations were required by sinful humans to be in and work in God's holy presence. How different can these two scenes be? In the first scene, we look at fire representing God's uh, presence and it speaks of his love, his warmth, his purity, his blessing upon his people. Here though, the fire represents a different aspect of his presence through his active holiness and therefore danger and judgment. Who were Nadab and Abihu? They were Aaron's eldest sons and they had received a privileged upbringing accordingly. They had seen God working from close quarters. When Moses went up Mount Sinai to speak with God and to receive the stone tablets containing the Ten Commandments, they were there. They had just spent the previous week in training for their new jobs as priests in service to God. No doubt they had witnessed at close quarters the fire we spoke of earlier in Leviticus chapter 9. So they were not only important people, they were also experienced people. Yet in spite of all this, they did what was contrary to the guidelines that was given to them. They were disobedient. We don't know why they did it. It could have been old hairy legs, you know, Satan, whispering in their ears, going, saying, go on, you have a go now. Your dad, didn't it, didn't he? Your dad is an old fella. You have a go, you're young. So can you. No worry about it, those guidelines God gave you. It'll be all right. No worries, my son. You felt good and happy, didn't you? Trust yourself. Now, when I wrote that out, I had the image of Del Boy from 40 Fools and Trotters in my head for some reason. Don't know whether Satan wears a woolly coat or not, I don't know. And it could have been pride, jealousy or impatience that led them to disobey these guidelines. Or in light of 10 verse 8, perhaps they had too much wine. Perhaps they were caught up in the excitable fever of the joyful occasion and wanted joy like a drug, as we talked about last time. What may have been seemed right to them most certainly wasn't right to God. 
Perhaps they thought they were doing God a big favour by zealously embracing their roles as priests and wanting to offer as many sacrifices as they could. We will never know. But we do know that regardless of the reason for doing so, they actively disobeyed this God. They chose to do it. Nobody forced them. Not only was it a fragrant disobedience, but it was also a flagrant disobedience. In offering an unauthorised or strange fire, they had disregarded God's instructions for the timing, the place and the manner of these sacrifices. They had been set apart and dedicated to a life of serving God and his people and had now paid the ultimate consequence for their disobedience. Their disobedience is referred to again in Leviticus chapter 16 in the regulations for the annual Day of Atonement. Regulations probably given to ensure that this never happened again. Aaron, their father, was silent, stunned, no doubt. In Australia we call him a stunned mullet, mullet's kind of fish. He had seen at first hand that in a life of true joy, God requires obedience over sacrifice. Aaron and his remaining sons were not to mourn or appear to be sorrowful. This was to signify the the seriousness of his son's disobedience. And to us that may seem harsh, but Aaron and his remaining sons had to prioritise service to God over commitment to family. This was symbolic of joy. Jehovah over yourself, if you like. Aaron and his other sons had to remain engaged in priestly duties and responsibilities. Other members of the family were allowed to mourn, however. 